My name is Greg, Greg Wilton. Um, I really do appreciate that. That was Austin, right? Austin, you came up here and gave me a shout out. Um, thank you for calling me Dr. Wilton, but you guys, please call me Greg this week, all right? Please call me Greg. Uh, you gave me a promotion, Austin. I'm not the president of the seminary. Not at all, Pastor Ty. That's not it. Don't, don't report that back to other people. Um, I am the dean of the college. So raise your hand if you even know what a dean is. Yeah, raise your hand if you don't know what a dean is. It's kind of like a principal. So raise your hand if you know what a principal is, right? It's a principal. So I am the dean of Level College. That is an undergraduate college down at New Orleans at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. So has anybody been there before, NOBTS? Raise your hand if you've been down to NOBTS before. All right, we've got some preview days. Love to come and get you to come hang out with me. I make crawfish for, bull crawfish for most of our preview days. Would love for you guys to come and hang out and eat some beignets in the process. Um, so just delighted to be here. Delighted to be here with all three churches um, uh, that are here, uh, together with all the leaders. And uh, I just consider it an incredible honor to get to spend time with you guys this week as I open up God's word. I brought my wife, Abby. She's in the back. And uh, I've got my kids, too, as well, in the back with me, uh, Max and Charlie and Oliver and Gabby. So I hope you guys get to meet them uh, these next few days. And we're just delighted. We're delighted to be here with you. I want to do something out the gate. Uh, we are going to spend a lot of time in the Word. Uh, but there's something that is a little bit unique for me that I've been doing as I preach various camps. Uh, just last week, preached a uh, huge camp. And so this is something I like doing. It helps you guys to participate just a little bit. So I need you right now to pair up with somebody next to you. And before you do this, I call it, and I'm a little bit strange in this way, I call it paper, rock, scissors. But I am learning right now that the rest of the world calls it rock, paper, scissors. Is that right? Not Okay, I don't know why I grew up calling it paper, rock, scissors, but that's what I've done. So you are going to play just one round of rock, paper, scissors with somebody that you paired up right next to you, and we need a winner and a loser because this is going to happen later on in the message where it's an opportunity for a conversation, okay? So go ahead and play a game of rock, paper, scissors, and we need a winner and a loser. Nope, just one round. All right. Glad to see it. Glad to see it. Everybody's pairing up. Okay. All right, so I am from New Orleans. I've spent most of my life uh, in the city of New Orleans. Uh, I've been some other places. I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. But New Orleans is my home. I grew up on that seminary campus. I was born in the city of New Orleans. So if you won, I need you to stand up right now. If you won, I need you to stand up. All right? And, and say this after me. Who that? Say it louder. Who that? You are team Houdat. So if you won, you are team Houdat. Go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. All right. If you lost, if you lost, stand up. Stand up. All right. If you lost, you are team Dirty Bird. Say it with me. Dirty Bird. Say it with me. Dirty Bird. All right. Go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. So um, I want you guys to know that, especially in the morning, 
uh, when we're going to blitz the Word of God really quickly and really intensely, uh, we're going to be doing that every morning. And it's a means of uh, active listening and active participation because I really hope that I can do everything in my power to put God's word into you. That would be a joy for me to watch you guys like really take in God's word because our, our theme is calling. I've got that calling on my life. That's me. I make no apologies about it up front. I have this particular calling upon my life, and it's led me in a variety of different directions. The Lord called me into ministry. He called me to salvation at a young age, and then he called me into ministry when I was in college. And ever since then, I have been violently pursuing this calling, this calling of trying to do everything in my power. To proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ with anyone, anytime, anywhere. It has led my wife and I to go and serve as missionaries. After I finished with uh, schooling at the seminary, we went and served in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Anybody here? Raise your hand if you've ever been to Malaysia before. Anybody? Anybody? Well, my kids have in the back, yeah, because actually my baby girl Gabby was born in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. In fact, next week on Thursday, I am taking 12 college students on a mission trip to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia to go and to reach out to this unreached people group, the Malay people, because this is what God's called me to do. I'm going to be there with those particular people, that people group. God's called me to do this. And then they're actually leaving, and my family and I are spending two more weeks finding an unengaged people group. We are going to the state of Sabah in Malaysia on the island of Borneo, and we are going to find an unengaged people group, have an assignment, my wife together with my four children, as we go there because I have a calling upon my life and I can't shake it it's brought us back I've been able to go and live in Atlanta for a season and work with refugees and immigrants through the North American Mission Board it's called send relief and I was in a part of Atlanta called Clarkson where there is about a hundred almost a hundred people groups within two square miles and if you guys remember when Afghanistan shut down just about two years ago we had about 40 Afghan families that showed up to this little region of Atlanta. And I couldn't have been more excited, students. Why? Because I got this calling on my life. And so now in, in God's providence and in his journey, he's, he's brought me back to the city of New Orleans. And I love it. I love it so much. And I'm just grateful that God has brought us back that direction. We're going to spend a lot of time during these sessions, both in the evening and in the morning, talking about calling. I'm going to just read for you something real briefly that, together with the leaders, we were talking about as we were preparing for this particular week together. And I've been so excited about it. You know, we're talking about calling because there are different areas of life that God has called us to. How can we be sure that we are doing what God calls us to do. And how can we know 
if we're actually following his will. So if you are going into 12th grade, okay, not that you're 12th grade and you already, you already graduated, but going into, that's the rising seniors and below all the way down to as young as it gets here, I want you to stand up right now. That means those who are, have graduated already or gra and, and in college and whatnot, that means if you're under 12th grade, you need to stand up. If you're under 12th grade, you need to stand up. You see, we want to discover a few things here real quick because we're going to be talking about calling. So I want you to, uh, in essence, stay standing if you are absolutely certain, absolutely certain, you know exactly where you're going to college after you graduate from high school. Go ahead and stay standing. All right, look around, look around. There's a few people who feel absolutely certain about it. Again, rising 12th graders and below, stand up again, stand up again. Stand up again. I want you, all right, listen to me. I want you to stay standing if you are absolutely certain you know what career you're going to have for the rest of your life. All right, so we see a few people that are standing and they feel very certain about it. Okay, again, 12th graders and below, stand up again, stand up again. All right, listen to me, listen to me. I want you to remain standing if you are absolutely certain right now you know who you're going to marry. Have a seat, have a seat, have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. Hey, listen up, listen up. What's so important from that particular exercise that we just went through right there, listen up, listen up. What's so important, and some of y'all got some serious conversations to have afterwards, right? You know, there's some boyfriend, girlfriend things going on and all sorts of stuff. We're gonna have, y'all gonna have some major counseling afterwards, group leaders, I promise you. All right, listen in, zone in, zone in. We are struggling at any time of our lives to have a sense of certainty with regard to calling, with regard to clarity of direction when it comes to major things in our lives. But would you also agree with me that it's not just the big stuff? You and I are struggling with understanding exactly what kind of calling we have in the day-to-day -day type of activities, the daily moments, and the simple decisions. Our theme, students, is calling, the calling. And I want to say something that might sound vague at first, but I want you to listen to this. Because it's going to set at least the framework for tonight as we are going to go and dive deep into God's word. When it comes to calling, those who know, know. And those who don't know, 
Don't know. When it comes to calling, listen to me, students. Those who know, yep, they know. It's a calling. And those who don't know, yeah, you don't know. One of my favorite stories is um, Call of the Wild by Jack London. Long time since I've uh, read that book. Anybody read that book before? Jack London, Call of the Wild. I've watched the movies. There's one that came out recently with Harrison Ford. It's the story of a dog named Buck who is a half St. Bernard and a half sheepdog. This particular dog goes through a lot. In the good and in the bad, he discovers that he has an attraction to the wild. You see, he begins to discover through all of the ups and the downs that there is a call, an inward call towards the wilderness, not to civilization. He hears the wolves and his fellow dogs out there, the howl. He hears that. He hears that, and he wants to pursue it. That's what Buck does. You see, there's a particular quote that happens in this book, and listen to it. The ancient song, referring to, referring to the howl, surged through him when he was in the wilderness, and he heard those wolves, and he heard those wolves howling. The ancient song surged through him, and he came into his own again. You see, Buck understood what it meant to have a calling. Do you? You see, I want to say something vague at the beginning because I need to mess with you a little bit right now. I need you to really entertain the opportunity to dive into this particular theme this week. Those who know with regard to calling, they know. Those who don't know, right now, you just don't know. Doesn't make sense. One of my favorite missionaries, that's uh, actually what I teach. I teach all things evangelism and missions. That's what I do. That's all the classes that I teach. That's why I'm taking students with me overseas. That's why I go into the French Quarter with my evangelism class every week. That's what I do. This missionary, his name is Eric Liddell. He was actually more famous for being an Olympian way back in the day. One of the things that he said resonates with me still to this day with regard to, in essence, a calling. Eric Liddell once said this. He said, God made me for a purpose. He's referring to his opportunity to go and to proclaim the gospel to people in China. God made me for a purpose. But check this out because he used to run in the Olympics, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. You see, even in running, Eric Liddell understood calling. He understood it. Buck in the call of the wild understood it. Why? 
because there are people that know, and they know. And then there are people that don't know, and they just simply don't know. There is an inside pull that is taking place with those who are called, and there's equally an outside pull, so much so that even the howl of a wolf would do something to ignite it. You see, my hope for us this week, students, listen to me. I'm really thankful to have already gotten to spend a little bit of time with your leaders. They love you. They care deeply for you. They are putting all of this together, not just to entertain you, even though we're going to have an incredible fun time. They are here. They've invited me here. Small group leaders are here. Our worship team is here. And we hope, by God's grace, to ignite or, the, or to kindle the call of God upon your lives. That's our hope. We want to ignite it because you don't know. And we want to help you know through the preaching of God's word. Or if you do already know and you understand aspects of God's calling upon your life, we pray that this week would encourage you, would kindle, would help fan the flame of God's calling upon your life. So tonight, let's take a look then at Paul. Let's take a look at Paul because at least with the Apostle Paul, as it is evidenced with so many other people in Scripture... We can understand that Paul clearly had a calling. And I invite you to turn to Acts chapter 20. Title of the message, not sure if things are going to show up there or not. Doesn't matter. If they do, great. If they don't, don't worry about it because that just means you have to pay attention. The title of the message tonight, in step with what we're taking a look at, the title is Called to the Gospel. Turn to your neighbor and say, Called to the Gospel. We are going to be taking a look at Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, I want to focus on verse 24, but I want to give us the benefit of at least reading a larger chunk of this particular passage of Scripture because this is the tail end of Paul's third missionary journey. And anyone who's read the book of Acts, you have seen some incredible kingdom activity centered around God's servant Paul and the wonderful things that were taking place. And you can definitely see that there was an evidence, an evidence of God's grace upon his life, that he clearly had a call. So let's let, let me read this first, and let's just enjoy taking a look at this passage of Scripture by first reading it. Beginning, let's go up to verse 17. Verse 17, Acts 20 and verse 17. So either read along in your Bible or just listen. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. This is Paul in Ephesus. And when they came to him, he said to the elders, the elders for Ephesus, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, 
serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plot, plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. What a powerful phrase. Amen. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you, check it out, in public and from house to house. Teaching out there. Teaching privately in the homes. 21, look at this. Testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Check it out. What he is now saying is going to take place to him. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction awaits me. But I do not, this is an important verse for us tonight, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now, remember, we're focusing on verse 24, but let me read a little bit more because it's just a powerful moment that he is having with the Ephesian elders. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. And all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What a powerful thing he is saying right here. Real quickly, I'm going to do it quickly. I want you to pay attention. I'll give you five points for my message tonight. Number one, we can definitely see in this passage of scripture, number one, that Paul was called. We can see it. He had a calling. And this call, in essence, is to be resolved. You know, my favorite verse, my, my verse, uh, uh, it's just it's hit me so hard. 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, for I'm resolved 
to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what the apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth. I'm resolved to know nothing, nothing among you excepting Jesus Christ and him crucified. We know that Paul was called because look at verse 19. He's resolved to endure tears and trials. He has a call of God on his life so much that he is not going to be bothered by tears, by trials. We also see in verse 20 that he does not shrink back. Charlie's back in the room, so he's heard me kind of maybe share this story before. But this one time, Max, my oldest, he was being a little bit, um, uh, as a kid, just a tiny guy, you know, he was uh, being disobedient. So daddy had to come in and to uh, make sure that I put him in line, right? I had to give him just one of those, you know, just a love tap, just a love tap. That's what it was, right? So here I am, and this is Max. This is Max, the oldest, and here's Charlie. Charlie's off in the distance. He can see that Max is in a little bit of trouble, and he sees that that's going on, and daddy's giving, you know, just a little love tap to make sure that Max is kind of getting in line. And here's old Charlie. Charlie's not yet able to speak. He comes right on up. He looks at me. He stands in between me and Max, and he goes, ah! He is just awesome. One of those moments where it's like, oh, yeah, you guys are brothers. <laughs> you guys are brothers. You're looking out for each other. That he didn't shrink back in this moment, right? This is exactly what Paul is taking place right now. He is saying that he has a call of God on his life, that there are even moments where most people would shrink back. Most people would become cowards, but not Paul, that he wouldn't shrink back. That it also says in verse 22 that this call upon his life was so significant that he actually would even practice restraint. That he would be constrained and he would be constrained by the Holy Spirit. And that he would be delighted in verse 23, in essence, to face imprisonment and afflictions because of his calling. Number one, Paul was called, and it's very evident. Number two is this. Pay attention here. Paul's calling meant pursuing something worthy of his devotion. You know, um, don't tell me, and let's not talk about it right now, but we can talk about it afterwards. There's a certain baseball game that's taking place right now. I'm fully aware. You know, I'm, I'm from New Orleans, and I'm from that area, right? So, and I, so that's for another discussion. But if you'll notice, those guys, how much time, energy, and effort, how much devotion has it taken those young men to get to the college World Series, to be able to play for Florida or LSU or one of those big schools? It takes, guys, an incredible amount of time, which is why it's so fascinating when there will be people that will come up to me and tell me that they are going to be a professional baller of sorts, but it's been three weeks since they last picked up that ball. It just doesn't make sense. Why? Because when you have a calling, those who know, they know, and they do everything to pursue something that is worthy of that level of devotion. 
What was worthy of Paul's devotion? Well, let's go to number three then. Number one, Paul was called. Number two, Paul's calling meant pursuing something worthy of his devotion. Number three, Paul's calling as a result of it, though, was received. It wasn't achieved. If you take a look at that really important verse right there, you see, and it talks about in verse 24, it says, Right here, the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. This kind of calling that Paul had upon his life was not a calling that was obtained through effort. Some of y'all are going to have to understand that and unpack that this week. Because I want you to grow in your calling in the Lord. But you need to understand it's not achieved. It's received. It is given as a gift of God's grace. Number four, let's take a look at it real quick. Paul's calling was truly worth testifying about. It was worth testifying. That's why it says right there. It says right at the end of verse 24 that I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. Get this. To testify. To say something. To proclaim it, not to fall asleep with it, not to be bored of it, but to truly understand that, wow, this is something that is a calling upon my life and I have to proclaim it, which brings us then to this number five right here, which is my last point for this morning. Paul was called in what way? To the gospel of the grace of God. Let me recap these points for us real quick. We see that Paul, through this particular passage, he's clearly called. And this call meant, number two, that he's, it meant pursuing something worthy of his devotion. Okay. It's worthy of his devotion, his effort. But first of all, it's not rooted in his effort. we got to see that really Paul's calling is rooted in the fact that it was received. It wasn't achieved. So much so that, yes, it causes him to be someone who says, I've got this calling upon my life I know. It's not that I don't know. I know, and I have to testify about it. So what was this calling all about? Number five, this call was to the gospel of the grace of God. So, the gospel. Dirty birds, you've got 30 seconds to explain your partner, who's the hudat, the gospel. Dirty birds are talking. Hudats, you're listening. 30 seconds. Ready, set, go. Ten seconds. seconds to share and testify about what is the gospel to team Dirty Bird. 30 seconds. Ready, set, go.
10 seconds. centered exclusively, entirely, on the gospel of the grace of God. And let me say this, with love, with hope, to every single person here in this room, to Matthew, to Brett, to Austin, to every leader, to every student, Pay very close attention. Those who know, they know. And those who don't know, you just don't know. Those who know understood that we just attempted with weakness and with Ways in which we don't know how to articulate. But the greatest thing ever. The most glorious, wonderful, spectacular thing you or I could ever, ever hear. Or have the privilege to say out of our mouths. Those who know, they know. They know that this is the good news of Jesus Christ. That he was born a virgin. That he lived amongst us. He lived a perfect life. Tempted in every way. Tempted like you and me, yet he was without sin. He performed signs and miracles and wonders. And while he was still young, he willingly died upon a cross. He died upon a cross three days later. Even though he was dead, he came back to life and was resurrected. He walked with his disciples for a period of days, proclaiming to them about the kingdom of God, that whoever would believe in him would not die, but have life everlasting and life abundant. This is what Paul, <laughs> this is what Paul was called to. And someone who's called to the gospel, listen to me, knows the gospel, has received the gospel, and is exclusively devoted to the gospel. Now that kind of calling where it's not like, yeah, I, I like Jesus, but I cuss a little. You know that phrase? The one that we see all the time? The Jesus is my homeboy movement? Those who are really gripped by the good news of Jesus understand that there is nothing more precious than knowing him, having received him by grace, through faith, and declaring exclusive devotion to him. My prayer, <laughs> y'all, my prayer is that you know it. My prayer is that you know it. And if you do know it, 
this good news of Jesus, that you wouldn't run away from it, you'd only run deeper into it. Let me go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to have a time of just singing, just a song to close us out for tonight. Just one song. And uh, it's a worship time. I don't even know what's up, but I already trust these this worship leadership team because it's an opportunity for us to express thanksgiving about this good news. And my advice, my counsel to you, night one of this particular week, is to really ask yourself if you know it. Are you one in that category with regard to calling? Those who know, they know? Or is it just all a game? Because if it is, those who don't know, yeah, they don't know. But we are here to lift high the name of Jesus. Guys, I can't wait to school some of you on the basketball court, and the rest of you are going gonna, gonna to really school me. <laughs> I can't wait to have all sorts of fun. But let's, let's not pass up this opportunity to truly understand that Paul was called to this gospel. I've been called to this gospel. I pray you have been called to this gospel as well. Heavenly Father, thank you for this first evening that we've had together. We're here to worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.